0: Anybody have their Bibles with them? Are we a, a, a Bible reading ministry? Dude, yeah. I love it. The iPhones got the Bibles. so We got the iPhone crew right over here. Come on, get your iPhones out. If you have an iPhone, get it out. Don't text message anybody, but, but get your Bible out. Your iBible. iBibles. Raise, raise it up if you've got an iPhone. I just want to see how many iPhones we got. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Uh oh. Hold up. All right. Yeah, yeah. We all got him. Cool. There he is. He might even preach out of the Bible. I don't know. But we'll get into the Word. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. So right now, we're not in a, a series. Um, but this whole night has uh, is, is been in unison, which is pretty cool when the Holy Spirit moves like that. The word that um, that Andrew brought, and then the song that was sung, all that has to do with my message, so praise God, we're all hearing from the Lord, that's good news. So, hopefully not preaching heresy or something up here, right? Uh Okay. Alright, Matthew chapter 13, verse 3. Most of you have probably heard this before, if you've read your Bible, or if you've Listen to somebody speak. It's pretty common. So it's the, the farmer and then the seeds, right? The sower and the seeds. So verse 3, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. And they withered because they had no root. Say no root. No root. Had no root. That wasn't even in unison. That was like no root, 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 root. But we'll work on it. There'll be another opportunity, so get ready for it. Other seed fell, along, fell among thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produ- produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So this is Jesus talking, if you didn't figure this out yet. Jesus is, is teaching a, a parable. It's actually the first parable that he teaches in Matthew. Um, and, and his disciples are confused because they've never even heard him teach in a parable before. And they're saying, well, why are you teaching in parables? And so he's trying to communicate to them in a way that has a spiritual context, but it's also... Parallels or, or related in the same way to something in the natural that they would understand. So, back in the day, there were a lot of farmers. There's still farmers today, but most of you probably never even been on a farm. Anybody? I have. Oh, dang. It's Alaska. Alaska has farms. All right. Somebody's from Palmer, probably. We got valley people in here. That's All right, good. People from the valley. I like it. Okay. So he's, he's teaching this parable and they don't get it. So he has to go in and he has to explain it to them. So we're going to go to verse 18. It says, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed and fell on rocky places, is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, no. say no root. No. Better, a little bit better. Say no root. No root. Okay, okay. Has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the The seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of his life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Sown. I said that kind of weird. Sown. What was sown. Okay, Ephesians... Chapter 3, verse 16, you can or cannot turn there, whatever your heart desires. This is Paul talking uh, to the church of Ephesus, and he's, he's teaching them about, <clears throat> about how they, they were once away from Christ, or they were once dead in their sins, right, and, and now that they're a new creation in God. So he's talking to them about this, and he's, he's saying his prayer to them. this is what he prays, this is what he's hoping for this church, is what he's saying. I pray that out of... This is verse 16. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how deep and how high is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. That's good news. Amen? Amen. Alright, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for another day, God. Father, we ask that you would speak to us tonight, Lord. That you would use me to, to speak your word, Lord. That we would all be receptive to what you have to say tonight. God, use us, speak to us, soften our hearts. Lord, help us to be that good soil. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So I, anybody heard this, this passage before? The sower and the seeds? Two people? Peace? Yeah. yeah. yeah sure. okay. okay. Some people have heard about it. So he talks about four different types of soil. Now the soil is representing our hearts. right? The hearts of the people who are listening to the word. And the seed is the word of God. Right? So the seeds being planted or, or even you know, uh, when Jesus is teaching, he's talking about the word is being preached. When he's preaching, the word is being preached. And all those who hear are the ones, are those four different types of soil. So he's pointing out all these people in the crowd and he's saying there's four types of soil. And see, this is still for us today, this is for all of us, that there's four types of soil. There's four types of hearts. Even in this room, there's four types of hearts. Right, and the first one, the first one is he's he's talking about it being a hard hard, right? It's talking about this path. It says that it, it just kind of bounces off the path, and so the word's being preached, and it's the person maybe amongst us or the people amongst us. I'm not pointing anybody out. I don't know, but that hear the word, but it just kind of bounces off. They never. They never really uh, let it enter their heart. Their hearts are kind of hardened. They already know what they want. They already know they don't need Jesus. They're just completely stone cold and and hard hearted. We all know people like this. And there were people like this in that crowd. So when he was preaching the word and he was teaching, these people, it was just bouncing off. Just just bouncing right off. Anybody play golf? This group over here. Not many over here. Okay, so in golf, when you're swinging, when you hit the ball, there's times that it goes up in the air, and then it comes down, and you see it shoot back up in the air. What does that mean? It bounces, right? What did it hit? It hit the cart path, right? There's the cart path that, that comes around. If you time it just perfectly, you can hit that cart path, and sometimes it goes forward, or sometimes it goes out into the woods, you don't really know where it's going to go once it hits the cart path. And see, this is what it's like with those hardened hearts, is is the words being spread out, but it's just kind of bouncing off. You hear it, but you never apply it. It never soaks in. You never receive it. You just kind of say, well, that's not really for me. That's not, you know, he's not talking to me, or I don't really need that. Or maybe you just have your headphones in, and you're not listening at all. Back in the day, they... Probably didn't have headphones. They could have. No, they didn't. They didn't have headphones. They had what? Golf. That's true. They had golf back in the day. Jesus was a golfer. Don't quote me. Just kidding. All right. And then the second one, the second one was in that rocky soil. All right, so it talks about the soil has like a layer, there's a layer of soil on the top. So it might look good from the outside. That means there's a little bit, Of a soft spot. So when you're planting that seed, you probably don't know it's a a rocky place. It's probably the rocks built in under it. So it starts to take, it starts to soak in, right? It says he receives it or the person receives the Word of God with joy, right? Gets excited about the Word, right? I've seen this so many times that, especially after like camps or during camps, people will get excited about the Word of God and, and they'll have a real encounter with God. But there's no root inside of it. So it gets cut off. It gets pulled away. And it never lasts. A good friend of mine is actually in the audience today. His name is Andrew Satterfield. He doesn't know what I'm talking about. He's got a puzzled look on his face. (laughs) But he was working with Jerry Williams a while back. And, 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 And I think it was before I was working with him. I just heard this story. But he's digging these post holes, right? And, and if you know what a post hole is, it's it's just like this big. It's not a big hole, and you use a little post hole digger, and you pick up the dirt, and you and it's usually a pretty quick job. You know, you get it done. You go down about four feet, and then you're good. Well, Andrew ran into a bit of a problem. He started going down, and and it wouldn't go anymore. It just was hard. It it hit the bottom, and and so. He was digging around this hole, and this hole, you know, was supposed to be about this big, and what it ended up being like this big. He digs this giant hole because there's this humongous rock in the middle of where he's trying to dig. And Andrew spends, according to Jerry, three full days trying to dig out this rock, this giant rock. Okay, it wasn't like a little baby rock. It was it was big, right? It was it was a big rock, but he. He did it because he's a man. Look at those guns, dude. He pulled that rock out and he threw it over his head and just tossed it off to the side like it was no big deal three days later. <laughs> but see, with, with some people, there's, it, it seems like there's soil and it's fresh and it's good on the outside. But then it says when, when the persecution comes or a hard time comes or a trial comes, this person immediately goes back to the life that they used to live, because there was no root. There was rocks still in their heart. There were still hard spots that they didn't give their heart completely to the Lord. So it got pulled away, or it withered away. And see, I've seen this at, at camps, and I had a few, quite a few experiences of this, but one that that reminds me the most was a few years back, we had, we had a, a lot of unsaved kids come to a camp. It was a a squad camp. Squad used to be our, our junior high ministry. A couple yeah. people were here at squad. And there was a camp where there's a lot of unsaved kids. And it was awesome. And they, we had this huge encounter with the Lord. And it was amazing. These kids were, were just bawling. They, they had just poured out their hearts to the Lord. And, and they were crying over, over uh, the leaders there. And just telling them everything that was going on in their heart. And they were really experiencing God. Some of them got baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and uh, started speaking in tongues. Some of them started prophesying over each other. They had real encounters with God. And then they came back to reality or back to, to the world and, and, and back to school and back to where uh, all their old relationships and friendships were. And they had never really separated from them. And they'd never gotten really rooted in the Word of God. And they never got rooted in the love of God. They just was it, were experiencing Him. And they were worded, rooted in works. And what I mean by that is, is they were doing everything on the outside to make it look like they were a Christian. Right? I think a lot of times we, we get confused and we think, Okay, well, I just got saved. You know, I'm a Christian, so I need to act this way. And so we make this giant checklist of all the things we need to do. We need to stop cussing. We need to stop smoking weed. We need to stop drinking. We need to stop having sex with our girlfriend. All these are good things, right? Things that you should stop doing. But we just go down this checklist and we just kind of make it look good on the outward appearance. But we're not really giving our full heart to the Lord. We're not really letting our heart be soft and moldable and, and asking God to change us. We're trying to do it on our own. And see, I saw this, and, and, and it looks great on the outside. One thing we did, I went over to one of their houses, and, and he had this big collection of bongs. If you don't know what a bong is, it's something you smoke weed out of. And they had some giant ones, like these big old things. And he's like, it's, it's not Justin. It's <laughs> a different friend. Oh gosh, it was a six foot slider. So, <clears throat> anyways, that, it's just sad that you guys know these things. <clears throat> so, he's like, "Man, I, I I've been smoking weed and I don't want to do it anymore. I I think I should get rid of these." I was like, "All right, sweet." So he goes and he grabs them and he take them outside and he starts smashing them on the trees just destroying these things. It was pretty awesome to watch. <laughs> One of them like half of it like flew and hit a car. It was pretty bad. A big <laughs> dent on the side of it. But see, they were doing everything they could on the outward appearance to make it look like they were really encountering the Lord, but what they forgot to do was get rooted in love with God. Yeah. They were just doing the outward appearance. They were just checking off the the checklist. I had to do that before camp. I had these giant checklists. I had like three pages of checklists of of things I needed to do before camp. And it was so overwhelming. It was huge. I cried myself to sleep every night. That's a lie. I didn't do that. But so many times I wanted to give up because I didn't think I could do it. And see, a lot of us see things, see Christianity like that, just... Bunch of do's and don'ts and things that we have to go through and things we have to get rid of. And so we become so consumed and so overwhelmed with the fact that we have this giant list of things to do. And, and then it just becomes this big burden. And, and then we go back to what was comfortable before. And we go back to the same friends and that same lifestyle. Because it was just too hard to go through that whole list. So my message tonight is is being rooted in love. Not rooted in works. Not rooted in in what looks right. But being rooted in a relationship with God. A love relationship with God. And that's the only way that we're going to be sustained as Christians and as believers. Is if we have a genuine relationship with God. So what does that look like? What does that look like to have this love relationship With God. Anybody ever been in love before? Anybody afraid to raise their hand? They're like, I don't want them to judge me. I don't think I'm in love. I'm 12. (laughs) I I hope none of you, some of you young people. But see, love is something that just consumes you and overwhelms you and you want to be with that person and you want to be around that person and in every little smile and every little... Touch, you know, just sitting sh- shocks right up your leg, you know, and you get so excited. Woohoo! Sorry, Paul, I didn't mean to touch you like that. But it's exciting, and you want to be with that person. And seeing the same thing with our, our love relationship with God is we want to be consumed with Him. We want to be so filled with our love for God that we go out of our way to know Him, to spend time with Him to be in prayer, to be in the Word. And see, this is how we get rooted in love, because God is love. 1 John 4 says that God is love. If we want to be rooted in love, we have to be rooted in God. That's the only way. We don't have love on our own. We can't just love people. Well, many of us may think we know what love is, but, but do we actually lay down our lives for that person? And actually show what love is. And the Bible says that we only know what love is because God or Christ first loved us. Because God sent his only son to die on the cross. A brutal death for us because he loved us. Because he wanted to show his love. And see, that's how we are rooted in love. Is being rooted in him. In you know, ways that we can be practically rooted in him. Are, are through being in the Word, right? John 1 talks about, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, God is the Word, right? God left us the Word, or the Bible, and, and it's His heart, and it's like His love letter to us, that we may know Him better, right? That we may understand Him through preaching of the Word. That's how we know God. Through reading of the Word, that's how we know Him. That's how we start to... To build this relationship with Him. Start to understand Him. Now, that's not the only way that we know God, right? He speaks to us through prayer and and through other people. But one thing we need to make sure that we're rooted in is the Word. Right? Because when you have the Word of God in you, you are a firm foundation. You have the words of God, the living words inside of you. There's a scripture in, in Psalms. Psalms 119.9. This is David and he's asking, he says, how can a young man keep his way pure? And it says, by living according to your word. And then in verse 11, he says, and I have my word planted in my heart. I have your word planted in my heart. Right? We we need the word of God built inside of us so that we can be rooted in Him. Right? When, When we go to, we have this, Mountaintop experience that we talk about or or this experience with God this encounter with God, right? It can bring us joy and it can bring us excitement But it's not rooted until we start getting rooted in him by spending time with him by getting in our word It's not a process that just happens one day. We need to continually be rooted in the word of God Be continually rooted in prayer and seeking of him but see, too many times we we don't root ourselves in that. And we start to lose focus of, of spending time with God. And it's more of works. Am I doing the right thing? Am I looking like other people? Am I acting the right way? But it should be about you spending time with him and knowing him. And having this real genuine relationship with him. Psalm 119 105 says. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. The word of God is what directs us, is what shows us the light. He is the light. He's what lights up our path. When We don't know where to go. We turn to the word of God. God, he reveals himself to us through the word. And so we need to get rooted in the word. And another thing we need to get rooted in is our love with one another. Now, 1 John 4 also tells us that we can't be rooted or we can't love one another if if we don't first have the love of Christ inside of us. So so it is critical that we build our relationship with God. Right? When when Paul got saved, he took like three years and he went out to Arabia and he had this face-to-face relationship with Jesus, where Jesus would reveal everything about himself to him. And he knew Jesus before he did any ministry. He secluded himself and he went to be with God so he could be built up and rooted in the Word. So when he came back, he was a firm foundation. Right. When he went back to the world, he was firm in what he believed and what he knew. And we've got to, we have to be firm in what we believe before we just go running back out to our friends and running back out to the world. we got to be strong and secure in who we are in God. Right. Amen. And and another way is through our relationship with people. Man, we, if we don't come back and have relationship with one another, we're going to fall apart. We're going to fall away. Because we don't have somebody challenging us and, and encouraging us and building us up. See, when Paul came back, he went and he, he met up with the disciples. And he started meeting up with, with, with Silas and, and Timothy and and he put people around him that, that would encourage him and build him up. He didn't just do everything on his own. He had people around him that were building him up. And see, we as Christians, we have to do the same thing. I know so many pastors and, and men and women of God that, that slowly started to pull themselves away from the church. And they started saying, well, I don't really need a church around me. I, I'm, I'm secure in the Lord. I'm secure in myself. I'm, I'm secure. But we started to pull away from the church. And I, I know a, a youth pastor of mine a long time ago who, who ended up pulling away from his family because of that. He left his family. left his wife and his daughters. And, and he fell into sin because he wasn't rooted with people. He didn't have people surrounding him, loving him, building him up. Hebrews 3.12 says this, See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly to the end the confidence we had at first. If you came back from from camp and you got... Filled with the Holy Spirit, and you got real this joy from the Lord, and you knew you encountered God. I encourage you, stay rooted in Him, stay rooted in the Word, but then get with people who who you can trust and you can love. And get into a mypod. Get into a small group of people who, who will encourage you, who will love you. Be rooted in that. Be knit together with your hearts. We we did this series on making friends. Right, about having genuine friendships, genuine relationships with people. See, will, in, in, in my pods, that's what, we're, that's what we're encouraging everybody to do, is that we, that we have genuine relationships. That we have people we can bear our hearts with. I have people in my life, that I place in my life, that, that will challenge me. That will say, Reed, that was stupid. Why did you do that? But then they'll love me afterwards. And they'll say, you know, I believe in you, but don't do that ever again. You know, my wife does that to me. And I need that. I need to be challenged. And I have a Pastor Gabriel in my life who challenges me, who encourages me, who loves me, who's there just just if I I need to share every burden of life in my heart. He listens to me, but then he encourages me and he points me to the Lord. And he points me to the Word. You see, we need people like that that will point us to God that will build each other up, that will encourage each other and say, no, let me walk through this with you. When someone's having a deep struggle in their life, and you go and you put your arm around them, and you say, man, I'm really sorry you're struggling with this. Is there anything I can do? Or just pray over them, or just love them, or just lay your hand on them, say, man, I'm here. If you just want to cry, you want to talk, whatever. We need people like that in our lives that are genuine friends. If we don't have that, it's hard. It's hard. Who's going to encourage you? Who's going to build you up? You need those in your life. You need real godly men if you're a man in your life and godly women if you're a woman. Except for your spouses. That's cool too. You can, If you're married. Not many of us are married. But we want people who can fill us up and build us up and point us to the Lord. And see, this Word is for us Daily, See, we need to continually be rooted in God. This isn't just at the point of conversion. You need to be rooted in God and built up. You need to be continually rooted in God and built up. I need to be continually rooted in God and built up. Colossians 2, chapter 2, verse 6, says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. We need to be continually filled up. Man, I, I run into so, to so many people and myself as well that, that I know that when I'm struggling with things, it's because I'm not built in the Word. I'm not being rooted in the Word. right? I, I, I stop spending time with God. I, I, I kind of start building my schedule, and then I just kind of pencil him in when I can, Dude, my life starts to go bad. Things start coming up. See, all the, the, the sinful nature that I had before I was saved, right, that starts coming back. The old life starts coming back into me. I'm no longer slow to anger. I'm quick to anger. I'm slow to patience. I'm slow to love people. I don't naturally just love people. It's only when I'm being filled up in God that I can actually love people. But I start to become weak. Man, I start to become super insecure. When I'm not filled in the Word, when I'm not filled in prayer and, and spending one on one time with God, I become super insecure. Man, what are people going to think of me? What, man, I got to dress the right, the right way. Oh, I, man, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want people to look, man, that person's looking at me weird. I must have a booger. You know, I start getting all insecure and, and think like the whole world is against me. Am I the only person? No. All right, not. I'm just sharing my heart. Yeah, you can pick it up if you want to. But that's what I become. and uh, Lust starts to fill my heart. Right, All these worries of the world start to fill my heart. I start worrying about everything. Man, what am I going to eat for lunch? I'm so hungry. I haven't eaten in like 30 minutes. Oh, it's cramping. It's feeling so bad. What am I going to do? And I start worrying about, man, what am I going to be? Who am I going to be? Does God even love me anymore? You know, I start getting super insecure and super doubtful and super full of worry. And it's like everything becomes a worry now. Man, am I ever going to finish school? (laughs) If you know me, I've been in school a while. Am I ever going to get done? Hey, five more classes and I'm done. Congratulations. Thank you. We'll see how long that takes. Okay. I become judgmental. I start to judge others. I start to judge other people. I start to look down on them. Man, I'm better than him. You know, I compare myself. Well, I look better than that guy at least, right? Yeah. Or... You know, I, I start to put other people down. I start to slander other people. These are things in my heart. I'm sharing my real heart with you. This is, this is the insecurities I start to have when I'm not rooted in God. right? We, I know we all start to do this. The things of the past start to come back. But maybe you used to smoke weed and the temptation to smoke weed starts to come back. Oh, wow, where did that come from? Or the temptation to smoke cigarettes again and you, you, you haven't smoked in a month. But it's starting to come back. Man, we're shooting heroin. Any of these things. I mean, the, the temptations that we used to have, the, the desires that we used to give our heart into, right? They start to come back to us. Man, I got to shoot up some heroin now. Man, my life is awful. I, I got to be on my test today. Man, it sucks. I, I, I need to go back to. To alcohol. You know, we start to going back to who we used to be. Because we're not spending time. We're not being rooted in God. It's not a one-time thing that you get rooted in God. It's not it. You've got to continually be filled with the Word. And so many times I hear people coming up to me and saying, Man, I just... It's been so long since I've, I've been in the Word. I just... I don't even really want to be in the Word anymore. Our hearts start becoming hardened. All right? Or man, it's been a month since I've been in the Word. Uh, I just don't have any time. Make time. I'm telling you, you got time. You make the, the first 10 or 15 minutes that you get up in the morning. Get up a little bit earlier. See, for me, I used to think, man, i got to get up way earlier and spend time with the Lord. So I set my alarm clock at 5.30. There's no way I'm getting up at 5.30. I mean, some of you are early risers, not me. I, I hit my snooze button at least like 15 times before I get up. Or I end up just sleeping through the music that's going on. I have a dream about that music. It's weird. I actually had this uh, in the morning. I woke up once and this guy was debating predestination. It's a topic in the Bible if you don't know about it. I'm not going into detail. But he's debating predestination. And so I had a dream that I was debating this guy predestination. And I was losing so badly. He just knew everything. I'm like, what is going on here? You know, so some of you it's hard to wake up in the morning. I get that. But set your clock ten minutes earlier and start spending ten minutes of your time with God. Spend what you have. Don't look at everything. Man, I'm so far behind. I haven't been in the Word for a a month. Man, I I just need a retreat. I just need to get out of town and spend five days with God. For most of you, that's not going to happen. Spend ten minutes with God in the morning. Amen. Then spend ten minutes with Him the next morning. Wow. See, we become so overwhelmed that we're like, oh man, there's, there's so much, I'm so far behind. And so we just keep getting further behind and further behind. Because we don't want to spend, or, we, or we, we think we're so consumed in our own life that we don't have time for God. Right? That woman that gave those, those two coins, that was all she had. But she gave that to God. And he said, man, this woman is full of faith. If you have 10 minutes, give that to God. If you have 20 minutes, give that to God. Make it be the first fruits of your morning. Even if it's hard, do it anyways. See, when you start to do that, you you, you start to feel so so much more. You want so much more out of it. You want to go deeper with God. You want more. You're like, man, this is so good. I've been spending 20 minutes in my Word. I want 30 minutes. I want to be consumed by God. But I think a lot of times we just say, man, I want to be consumed by God. But I don't have enough time. I don't have a whole day to spend with Him. So then we get overwhelmed and we stop even trying. Take the time that you have and give it to the Lord. And I think also when we start to pull away and we start to go back to our sinful nature and, and, and go back to stop spending time with God, we start to remove ourselves from our friendships, our fellowship with one another. We start to pull away from church. We say, man, I, I'm just falling so deep into sin now, I might as well just pull away from church. And then we seclude ourselves. We say, well, man, I don't have any friends. Nobody calls me anymore. Nobody hangs out with me anymore. And we start to seclude ourselves because we haven't originally spent time in the Word. It's not that you don't have any friends. It's that you haven't been spending time with God. And you're not getting rooted in the Word. And so you're becoming insecure and you're becoming lonely and you're becoming depressed because you don't have the love of God inside of you. You haven't sought Him out and you haven't rooted yourself in the Word. And this happens to me. And this has happened to me recently. And I feel so much more anger and, and easily frustrated when somebody pokes me and, and pushes me. I, I hang out with junior hires a lot. And you have to have a lot of patience with junior hires. <laughs> right? But, but when I'm not spending time in the Word, you might see me knock a junior hire out because I'm so frustrated. Bam! What are you doing? i felt like that. <laughs> I haven't done it, praise God. But i felt like that. And at, at, at camp, I don't think he's here, but I won't say his name. Someone punched me in the face because I was about to carry him into the lake and throw him in the lake. And man, I whew, I almost picked him up and just threw him on the ground. you know. But I didn't. You know? I, I had some self-control inside of me. But see, when we're not being rooted in God, gee, the, the old nature comes out. If you were a fighter, you're going to want to start fighting again. You're going to want to start punching things, right, Billy? All right. <laughs> you shouted shouting me out, you know, I'll shout you back. <laughs> we start going back to our old nature. Guys, the point of this is we need to be rooted in our love relationship with God and our relationship with one another. Once that starts to fade away, we start to put things in the way of God and we start to separate ourselves from Him. And we start to feel like we're in this big rut because we haven't spent any time in the Word And we continually stop spending time in prayer and stop spending time reading and stop spending time getting up early or staying up later to to read the Word and be consumed in it. Don't focus on the works. Don't focus on the outward appearance of what it looks like to be a Christian. You'll get overwhelmed and you'll pull away. Learn what it looks like to be in love with Jesus. Learn what it looks like to be in love with the Word of God. Learn what it looks like to get up early and love that time that you have with Jesus. That it's not stressful. That it's not a burden. God doesn't want us to be burdened when we spend time with Him. He wants us to be excited about it. I don't want my wife to be burdened to hang out with me. (laughs) She's not, don't... Give me that. But I wouldn't want her to be like, oh, I gotta hang out with Reed again. He's my husband. You know, I gotta bring him with me. She doesn't do that. I'm not, I'm not pointing her out. She doesn't do that. But I would never want her to do that or feel that way. I'd want her to want to be with me. See, God wants the same thing. He wants your first fruits. He wants the first bit of you. He wants every bit of you to be consumed with him cuz he wants to be consumed with you there's no question about that it doesn't come and go for him he doesn't sometimes want to be consumed with you and other times be like man this kid's getting annoying <laughs> he's not like us he continually loves us and wants to spend time with us can we have the worship team come back up I want us to think about this tonight. Where are our hearts? Where is our, your heart now? Maybe one day your heart was super soft and moldable, but where is your heart today? Is it hardened? Is it that path? Is it that golf ball that just bounces up in the air? Do you have no idea what I'm saying today because you've just been looking right through me? Is your heart hardened? Or has it been like the gravel, where there's a little bit of soil, but it's just not going down deep? It's not deep-rooted, and, and you're feeling like like you used to before you were saved. You're feeling so insecure and so overwhelmed and so worried and so full of doubt. Those are not the fruits of the spirit. It's not the fruit of the spirit. When you're full of anger. It's not the fruit of the Spirit when you're full of insecurities and worries. The fruit of the Spirit only comes when we give our hearts completely to God and we become rooted deep in Him and have this deep love relationship with God. So I want everybody to close your eyes. And I want you to just start asking the Lord, God, where am I at? Where is my heart at? Has it been hardened to you lately? Or maybe you don't even know God and you've never known Him but you've wanted to have a relationship with Him. Tonight I'm asking you that you would respond to Him. You don't need to come up. It's not an altar call. I want you to respond in your heart. If you just need to to get right your relationship with God and and you've been kind of pulling yourself away lately and you haven't been spending time with Him, I encourage you, give Him your heart right now. If you have ten minutes right now, give Him what you have. You start giving your heart to Him. Don't pull away if the Lord is tugging on your heart tonight. Don't ignore it. Soften your heart. Soften your heart. We're going to respond in worship. And whatever that looks like to you, you can go in the back, you can come to the front, you can go out to the side, or you can just stay right where you're at and ask God to soften your heart and make you more like Him and root His love deep inside of you. If your relationships haven't been what they once were and you're mad at somebody, you have hatred for your brother or your sister, your heart's not completely softened towards the Lord. If you're full of worry and doubt, your heart is not completely softened to the Lord. Just repent tonight and start to turn your heart to Him. Start to invite Him to come deep into your heart again. Allow the Lord to move on you right now. Father God, I just pray for each one in this room.